<laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> boys and girls, take number 14, Turin Giants Podcast, number one, nope, number 208. I'm Farhat, I'm the host that loves you most, and as you can tell, it's been a while since we've done an episode. I am a little rusty, but what else is new? I am joined by two of my friends, Weston Pagano and Lucas, coming coming to us from Michigan. What's up, buddy? How's it going? I'm happy to be here. Been listening to you guys since the fall of uh, 2013. Fifth, oh wow! Yeah, really? I was, you never uh, told me that. Yeah, yeah, I was uh, 15 uh, in high school, sophomore year, and uh, yeah, now I'm 25 on the podcast. So 10 years. That's and, awesome. Uh, man. Yeah, when you guys were on SoundCloud and with all due respect, didn't sound good, but it was SoundCloud back then. So <laughs> now I'm happy to see a better production, and I'm happy to be a part of it. And um, I don't want to say dream come true because it's corny, but definitely really proud uh, hey, to be hey, here. Hey, where we are, we're, we're okay with corny, dude. <laughs> yeah, I love it. You're living, you're living your dream right now. No, I appreciate it, the man. Tom I Holland told you. Energy. The, it's uh, the, the, I, I've I've always said the only requirement to be on this podcast is literally tell me you like it. I'll I'll have anyone. <laughs> <laughs> no, you should. That should be like a Kickstarter perk. Is you gotta listen and subscribe for ten years and you get one guest appearance. <laughs> and I'm, I've 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 told people I'm like, hey man, I'm always available. Um, uh, I I wanted to create a Patreon page and just like charge people to be on the podcast because I've seen <laughs> I've seen I've seen money YouTubers make and speaking of that we'll we'll talk about all our endeavors. Um, Weston, you're you're from you're New York right now. Welcome, buddy. Always always love you having uh, always have uh, love having you on. How are you? How have you been? Doing well. Um, <clears throat> coming for you. Coming to you from Brooklyn. Uh, it's actually got our first snow. Uh, yesterday, the day before, uh, we broke the record for longest wait for a real snow. Um, so, yeah, it's pretty nice. Looks good. Nothing like Chicago, though. Uh, I remember oh had to trudge through quite a lot more snow to come to come to your house to be on the first time I was on. So. You don't understand. Yeah, I mean, Weston, Weston's been with us for a while, long, long while. Um, so let's get, you know, let's take care of the business. I know people don't really care about that, but I do need to um point you towards the right avenues so you can listen to us pretty much on any podcast platform the main ones uh at least for sure our youtube page has been doing great uh the boys i i always say you know um dave and dash and kevin straight from 2d and now luca uh, lucas is helping them out uh please take a second and just type in on youtube touring giants and please, please subscribe. Um, since since New Year's been blowing up, we've gained a lot of followers, and rightly so because the boys do so much work. It's pre games and and watch alongs, which I was happy to join yesterday, which was a lot of fun to watch the games with with uh, four of you guys. Um, yeah, TurinGiants.com for the merchandise. Uh, please check out the, the dope shit that we do. I would really appreciate that. Um, and what's the point of writing? What's the point of writing notes if I didn't do anything on this paper? <laughs> but, 
this is the kind of show that we that we run here. Uh, this episode would always would also be available on YouTube, so please check it out if you want to see our faces. The main issue today, the main topic, will be the game against Torino. Obviously, great result. Uh, Weston, did did you say that right now? Where you said that it's it's a lot easier, it's a lot better to do a podcast when when we have won. Yeah, no, I mean, I feel like obviously the first half of the season felt very different. Uh, and so a couple of the last times I came on, we were all just taking turns talking about how we wanted a leg resacked and that sort of thing. Um, and I was reflecting on that when I was thinking about what to say today. And I remember saying at the time, right now, it seems like the thing to do is to sack Allegri, but I'd love to be proven wrong. I'd love for things to change. Obviously, we don't know the future. Um, and I think a lot of the issues with Allegri haven't necessarily gone away, but he's certainly turned things around to a certain degree, uh, the 15-point penalty notwithstanding. So, different yeah, times. Yeah, speaking of that, they, uh, you, you know, Juventus did... Uh, Lucas, do you know anything about it, that they, they did submit the paperwork? And, man, would, would, that be, would that be amazing to get those 15 points back? Yeah, yeah, they submitted it today. I mean, it's it's still very early on. Um, with, with yeah, I don't expect you to know everything about it, but yeah, just, they did you know, submit the... it today, and hopefully, I mean, I think one of the big angles that they really need to focus on is why did they lose the points basically halfway through the season? Like, if it's an off-field situation that have been dealt after the season's over, then put in the middle of the season, which then starts to affect the actual sport and performance of the team, which you can make a huge argument affects like their stock and, and other people's money, you know, so hopefully they, they try to drill that part home as well. Like you're costing us money. And, and we well, if you, money. if you want to read the whole thing, I posted it on Turin giants at Turin giants on Instagram. Uh, one of the things I totally forgot to mention, but <laughs> uh, so Twitter is at you podcast at Turin giants and in, um, uh, Instagram at Turin Giants. I love the, the 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 direct messages. I always talk to people, just chat about Juve and stuff. Um, but yeah, so drop us a line there. I did in the stories. I did post the whole, you know, like four pages of the main documents. If you are into that type of thing, it's a lot of a lot of legal language. But hey, if you're if you're interested, it's it's out there for you. I'm just waiting for the final result. It's the 15 points. We would be in second place. We we talked about it yesterday. We'd have 52 points if you count the the two that we were cheated out of in the Southern Itana game as well, uh, which would be plus four on Inter in third. But Lucas brings up a good point of, of the timing. I mean, it's pretty obvious that hitting us with this penalty, whether it sticks or not, uh, was done pretty hypocritically to, to take place in the middle of the season. Obviously, we were demoralized and lost to Monza right after. Of course, yes, we lost to Monza without the demoralization at the beginning of the season, too. So take that with a grain of salt. Um, but I think you look at the fact that the, the prosecutions asked for an extra year to investigate Napoli. Uh, definitely brings home the, the fact that, look, they don't want them to get the penalty when they're on their historic title winning run, it looks like. Uh, but they're happy to, to hit, it without, hit us with it first and uh, let everything else get sorted out later. So that kind of tells you all you need to know. Well, you made a, a good point, Weston, by saying hypocritical, because one of the reasons that they are in this investigation to begin with is because Juventus is on the market, the stock market. So it's what they do is a lot different than maybe a team that isn't. So the fact that they are affecting uh, the team on the field, which is where they, that's their resource, that's where they make the money and people invest when things are good with the club, it is hypocritical because, like you said, now it is 
effect in their stock in that way as well. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's uh, there's so many holes in that system. But then you remember, oh, it's Italy. You know, it's no disrespect, but that you know, you 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 have people, you have heads of departments sitting and and touting how they're no fans of Juve and Juve this, Juve that. Just how do you even let that slip in a in a in a big meeting and you know with cameras recording? And you mentioned that you don't like Juve. Seems like a seems like a conflict of interest to me. Um, yeah. Something I forgot to mention at the top of the show. Please go to TurinGiants.com. I've created. I'm just gonna start doing these uh, these discounts for people who are listening. Discounts for the listeners. If you type in two zero eight, which is the number of this episode at checkout, you will get fifteen percent uh, off your entire order. So um, yeah, while you're sitting there on your phone, get yourself a nice shirt, little. Uh, I'm wearing a little unreleased material here. I love the shirt. I got so much, I got so much crap for this, but <laughs> uh, let me just show it off. I love it. I love it so much. I do not care about hurting any interfence feelings. So whatever. So yeah, uh, two zero eight is the code to type in at the at the checkout and get fifteen percent off on some some nice UV apparel. Um, so yeah, we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna talk about a lot of things today. Would you guys want to mention a soon inductee to the museum, uh, Juventus Museum, which is Alexandro, <laughs> who is about to reach 300 games with Juve? And this is one one player you did not expect to reach 300 300 games with Juve, with all the all the grief that the players and uh, all the grief that the fans have given him. What what do you what what's your when it's all said and done? Who wants to go first? Call your name out and tell me what's your impression of Alexandro. I mean, I expected it for sure. If it's going to be because of appearances, we haven't had a actual backup left back uh, since we got him. Uh, so he's played virtually every single game since we've gotten him. Um, mm -hmm. And it's amazing the consistency. I mean, he has virtually uh, an injury-free track history. Um, yeah. Yes, his performance are up and down, but that's what you get when you don't have like a proper backup uh, to kind of push the player, and you always know you're going to start and you're always going to play. Um, but I'm happy to see well, it. Well, Dash on YouTube, Dash on YouTube yesterday, he mentioned that, you know, Kostic coming in, you, you can see the improvement because Alexander going forward is, uh, is a throw that shit away. <laughs> uh, ex exactly. So I definitely saw it. I mean, we, you know, Dechilio is playing two positions left and, and right. So it just means Alexandro is going to be getting a lot of minutes. And if that's how he gets in the Hall of Fame, that's how he gets in it. And I'm happy He's he's been a part of a lot of wins and unfortunately a lot of losses with all those appearances as well. But happy for him, though. It really helps that he's the guy who... Puts his head down, does his work. Social media barely. You'll see a photo every once in a while, but he's a man. I'm no fan, but you gotta respect the hustle. He never, uh, never complained about anything in the media, as far as I know. Did his job. Did a, a lot of mistakes, but like we said, a lot is riding on his shoulders. You have to understand. Decent teams have. Great backups for left left backs and right backs, especially in today's game. And we got we got 
zip. We got Dashili on one side, Alexandro on the other side. So, Weston, I mean, the, the, what do you I think, think a lot of it is. Yeah, I mean, look, obviously he's done a lot for the club. He works hard. He doesn't complain. All that good stuff. I think the context is what matters to me, though. I mean, obviously, if he's going to be a backup, that gives experience to someone younger, like Cambiasso, who just had a man-of-the-match performance in, in uh, def- uh, a win against Inter, uh, then that could be a net positive for a season. Uh, obviously, the money is important. How much are we spending him? Is it worthwhile or not? Uh, I don't know. I don't know what the final figures are uh, on that. And then also you have to consider, too, the fact that, you know, with the Serie A registration rules, you can only sign a certain amount of non-EU players a season. And if you have, forget exactly what it is, if you have more than a certain amount, you have to offload one non-EU player to be able to bring in a non-EU player. And uh, with McKinney's exit not guaranteed, because if Leeds get relegated, he's coming back, he's not leaving, uh, Mm -hmm. we'll need to get rid of a non-EU player if we're going to sign another non-EU player. Um, and so it's kind of smart to always have it going so you can always get rid of one non-EU guy a year. Um, and so I wonder if this is a little premature, we should wait and see if McKinney's going out this season or not, because if McKinney's coming back, then we'll want to sell uh, someone like Sandro or someone else. Um, so that's just kind of you know the, the big picture calculation to, to think about. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I'm still just sad that we got rid of Spinazzola. He also scored again. Uh, this week. Ah, that was a beautiful and, goal, um, too. Yeah, all the Spinazzola and Dybala uh, connections is, is just so depressing because that could have been us, you know. Well, speaking of Weston McKinney, speaking of your guy, you know, we Juve came to Los Angeles in the summer and you had a personalized message. I was standing right next to Christina when she's, she said, the, mm-hmm. the girl's got balls. She's like, hey, Weston, <laughs> can I film you saying hi to another Weston who's a huge fan? He's just standing in front of me. He's a super cool guy. But mm-hmm. he did lose the ball 23 times last night for Leeds. And he won two out of his well. 10 duels. Yeah, it's it's not looking good for our boy. Um, but, yeah, like you I, said, I missed, the relegation. I missed the game. No, I, I didn't get to see that yesterday. But I saw against Southampton, he was, like, one of the best players on the pitch. I wonder why he, he had such a hot and cold thing. Cause he was like number one and number two for like five, 10 different stats against Southampton. Um, so that's interesting that he did so badly the other day. I, yeah. I didn't, I, cause obviously I was watching our game instead, but I, I just thought it was cool. That there were five Americans on the field at one point, which I don't think it happened before and an American coach uh, as well. So, yeah. And it's also, do you want to give him back after after six months or whatever? If you leads, do you want to try him for one more year? I don't. I don't know what's going to happen there. We're kind of uh, getting off topic here. We're we're praising Alexandra here. I'm sorry. There's no there's no space for anyone else. But yeah, we. we I mean, just to finish this um, topic, he got. I mean, just there's there's accounts on Twitter dedicated to counting down when his when his contract is over listen when we started this podcast in 2013 or something like that twitter was such a nicer place you got you got you got (laughs) accounts dedicated to just making fun of players which is so wild and so inappropriate but hey at least at least i know when shesney's contract is up which is like 400 (laughs) days or something like that in counting yeah 
Yeah. No, but look, like I said, if if we can get Sandro on a cheap contract for one year, we're offloading another non-EU player. We bring in someone who's actually starting at left back, not Sandro. And Sandro can be the, the backup who brings experience to kind of help acclimate the, the first choice guy. And then he amicably departs the season after to be the outgoing non-EU guy. That's good business. That's good squad management. That's good rotation. Um, I just don't know if I trust Juve to do all of those things uh, at this point. So we'll, we'll have to wait and see. Who, who, who can name me? Who can tell me how much he earns a year? Because I have it pulled up here. 4.5? Without Googling. Isn't What's that? Like 5 four, million euro? 4.5, 4. 4. 5, yeah. Alexandro makes 11 million a year, baby. That's oh, 11. He's, but he's that's before ball, taxes, right? though, right? Because don't, don't they? Isn't there a difference between if they count the pre-tax and the post-tax number? I don't know, man. <laughs> no, I think it is because I, I think what it's normally reported is normally the the post. Because I think DiBala was on like six or something, so that Sandro can't be an eleven. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, maybe perhaps it's just a Google search away. Uh, anyways, <laughs> hey, congrats, Alexandro. We're here. We're here supporting the players. We're not a podcast that that shits on them. So, for what it's worth, he's done. He's done a lot more good than bad. So we'll oh, we'll, we'll sure. take him. He's he's terrible, but he's our terrible. You know, he's a he's a Juventino. Uh, came from Porto. I remember recording with Giovanni. Shoutouts to Uncle Gio. When first two years when Guardiola wanted him, and we always bring it up. We we, we we've spoken a lot about. Um, Alexandro and uh, we always bring up the fact that he could have left for 60 mil easy uh, but here we are getting stuck with him next by the way Sam did we mention that Sam is totally missing that bastard maybe he confused <laughs> maybe he'll show up at 12 uh, 12 central but anyways um, Quadrado Quadrado also a few weeks ago he reached 400 professional games, which is uh, which is a lot. Loves to score against Torino. Shined again. Rolled back the years. Uh, what did you guys think about his performance? Thought it was thought it was pretty decent, wasn't it? I wish he could play Torino every week. I mean, he always mm-hmm. does so well against them, um, and it's kind of sad to think that could be his last derby. Yeah, yeah. I mean, news of the exit are. Uh, popping out everywhere. The exit is imminent, which is fine. I mean, we're we're playing him. What? I don't know his appearances, but starts what? Maybe every fifth game when when we're when we're down a player. But he's he... Alexandro or Cuadrado. Who would you put in the museum if they had the the equal amount of equal amount of games? Cuadrado for sure for me. Uh, uh, if they had the equal amount of games, um, but. I... I like Alexandro's right? consistency, but Quadrado is just such a big game player. Like you can count on him yep. for every big game. Um, he has slip ups and mistakes against the the small games, the Spezias, the uh, late chase, whoever we play like the small games. Maybe just because his, he can't mentally get into it as well. But he comes up big with the goal, and if he makes mistakes mm-hmm. in big games, he he makes up for it as well. Um, yeah. He has scored some bangers, bangers against Inter also. Yeah, and I think... And I guess now that I think about it, he's he's non-EU also, isn't he? I, I Sometimes uh, some of them have like well, a Colombia is a famous European country. No, but I mean, a lot of them have, have second passports, mm-hmm. uh, second nationalities. But no, I think um, 
Yeah, I think he might be Naniu as well. So yeah, I think yeah. maybe what I said about Sandra is not quite as consequential if we've got uh, if we've got Quadrado. And uh, Artur is is he uh, oh, Naniu as well? <laughs> I think Artur's got a Spanish passport because he he grew up through the Spanish system. Yeah, he did. I'm yep. Pretty sure, I, I could be wrong off the top of my head. Weston, can you check your settings? Sorry, a little. I don't know how to pause this show. So, <laughs> can you check your your uh, your mic settings if you're on actual the the, the mic or the laptop mic? Because I know you put the headphones on, but oh, that's not a good not a good visual. Let me let me minimize you real quick. <laughs> uh, yeah, it says it's um, good? yeah. Right, does it not sound good? Then. Speak up. Okay. No, you're good. Just a little just a little quiet. Uh, so yeah, Quadrado with a with a with a nice goal. Uh, we're slowly inching towards the towards talking about the actual game because we're invested in it. Um, what else did I want to bring up? Um, Fagioli slowly becoming. A, I mean, in 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 a in a few weeks we'll be talking about him as a starter. You know, this is this is the time to talk about how amazing he is because I feel like he's earned a spot. Uh, just talking about the youngsters. It's so fantastic that we were able to, how do I say that, kind of in the, in the face of adversity with the, with the salaries and with the injuries and with COVID going on, one positive that came out of it is just we, we got five youngsters staying by, you know, standing by, ready to go. Uh, Fagioli seems to be kind of in the best, in the best area right now, in the best period. Uh, what did you guys think about the about the youngsters last few games, specifically Fagioli? Yeah, I mean, I, I thought he did he did okay. Um, I, it, it's kind of funny to think that if Flavich hadn't hit the crossbar, uh, Fagioli's double meg assist would have been one of the coolest assists mm. that yep. we had had. Um, I think Fagioli's probably been the best of a lot of the young kids, if if not only because of his consistency, even if maybe Illing Jr. has shown perhaps a bit of a, a higher ceiling with some of his little sparks and flares. Um, but yeah, I mean, I'm kind of of the perhaps unpopular opinion that we should have loaned Moretti out and kept Ravella in place of Paredes. Uh, I think Moretti's not quite ready yet and would benefit from starting every game somewhere else. Uh, whereas we could have used Ravella and saved quite a lot of money by not loaning in Paredes to play that kind of deeper role. Um, now a lot but, of people are know, down on Paredes, huh? Including the oh, coach. he's awful. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and he's he must not be blue showing eyes, in... man. He's he's an Argentinian with blue eyes. Yeah, yeah. gotta be something, he, right? <laughs> he must not be showing it in training either if he's getting benched for for Barrenechea. Um, but another uh, Argentinian that we we should bring up, right? Yeah, he, he I mean, he gave the ball away uh, a couple times, but he, he had decent composure for getting thrown in the deep end his first debut to start in the derby. So there's there's some yeah. potential there somewhere. I've got some, uh, I screenshotted some, oh, here it is. Please help me with this name, Barenechea. Yeah, I think, like right. we were saying before, I, th I think um, if it's the Italian pronunciation, it would probably be Barenechea, mm -hmm. but because he's Argentinian, they probably say Barenechea, just like, Mascarano is Mascherano, uh, but I'm not an expert on this, so so don't quote yeah. me. Yeah, no, it's all right. Well, so Enzo, uh, our, mm -hmm. our young Enzo. So he had 81% <laughs> accurate passes, 35 out of 43, one chance created, 54 touches, two passes in the final third, four recoveries, 40% of tackles, one. 
and all that good stuff. Fifty percent of aerial duels won. It looks like a big boy too. Number number forty five, strapping young dude. So exciting, you know, having him start was such a uh, such a cool thing to see. Fagioli seems like a like a veteran compared to him, right? Yeah, just the way yeah. Fagioli was uh, orchestrating things too. Like not only just like what he does when he has the ball, his technical prowess and the way he can manipulate the ball at such a young age and his playmaking abilities, but like you could really watch Fagioli also just pointing and dictating like, look, if I press up here, I want, you know, um, I, I want Cargiato to, you know, be a little more wide. Like he's, he's, he's dictating and pointing and um, he's doing things that is above what he should be doing at his age when it comes to just the IQ for somebody who was talked about so much on a technical level, but just on a maturity level, just not all that there. Like you could tell he's been working with Di Maria and some of these guys to really mature up quickly. Lucas, you, you do work, um, you, you do work with, uh, as far as coaching soccer football, yeah. right? Mm -hmm. So you, you notice these things, these kind of things from the youngsters. Yeah. Yeah. You have, you have, uh, you know, what's called the soccer IQ, right? You could have somebody super, yeah. super talented, um, but just, you know, we were talking about it yesterday, you know, someone like Keen or uh, even Weston McKennie, I would view as someone like that, where it's just like they have so much ability uh, and talent, but they just don't really know how to utilize it the best way. And also like make the people around them also better. Uh, look at someone like Di Maria, who against Knotts was kind of walking out there at times and then sending like a, a beautiful ball over the top or just slowing down things and controlling and orchestrating. Um, that's why everybody loves Rebello so much. I mean, he's so young and plays a, a six and is so calm under the ball and dictates so well, which is very, very rare uh, for someone of a young age to be able to possess that much ability. That's usually why people and teams run a... a to you know, pivot system with CDMs instead of just having one. Um, but one thing I, I said on the, the YouTube about a week ago was you have Enzo, you have Ilin, you have Sule, all three non-Italians. And I think that's not talked about enough is how our youth system is bringing in and developing non-Italians um, and that they're trusting us and they're going through our system. Um, along with the Fajolis, the Morettis, the Keens, and those young guys as Next well. Next gen, baby. Next gen yeah. is working. It's working really well. And then who's that striker that's in like the U17s who's from some Eastern European country? Yildiz? Yeah, oh yeah, he's Turkish. Though, oh, the right? Turkish guy, yeah. Yeah, yeah, he's uh, another good example. I mean, it's that sort of football manager mentality, right? Where you spend a lot of time looking to poach 16, 17-year-olds from other countries, yeah. and then you grow them up through your youth system. So your youth system doesn't have to just be people who live down the street, you know, and that's not to say you shouldn't get them too. Mm -hmm. um, but it's good to see that we're expanding a little bit in that area. Because um, you think, I mean, who are the only players who've really come through our youth system lately? You got Marquisio, Giovinco, Keane. Right. I, mean, I love how we keep bringing up Jovinko from like 2013 and Marquinhos. Right. Yeah. Uh, I mean, legend for sure. But but it's so exciting to to you know you need two hands to count the prospects that we have. Um, it's just I I never understood why it's not a thing. I never understood why the majority of players. Are, I mean, I get it. Don't get me wrong. But you could have the Xavi. You can have Iniesta's on your team for years and years if you're. You know, if they're loyal enough and you can have Marquisios growing up and, you know, 
Yeah, it's it's really exciting. The youth project is for sure. Uh, I mean, I remember seeing fun. Fagioli for I think the first ever time he was on the field, or one of the first ever times, because he played in the friendly against Benfica in New Jersey. I want to say that I was at. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, he, I mean, you can tell he's loyal. I mean, he's not a Turin boy. I think they, they got him from uh, Cremonese or somewhere else when he was a teenager. But he um, has tattooed on his arm the date of his professional debut with Juve. Um, so there's certainly no doubting his, his dedication to the project. And uh, like you said to his maturity, I think a good example of that was he, he shouted at Di Maria or Quadrado or someone who, who missed a shot or took a silly shot against Torino. Um, I forget exactly who it was, but, you know, that confidence to step up and do that. Um, and then Brennachea, actually, I was, I was meaning to ask about this because I stepped away from the TV for one second and the commentator said something uh, that he broke the ball. And I wasn't sure if he was like joking or exaggerating or if, if Brennachea actually literally broke the ball at one point. Did, do you guys know what I'm talking about? Were, you, were tackled... you watching on Were you watching on Paramount Plus by any chance? It's, I was, dude. Yeah. Don't get me started. That commentator, so, who's who's literally like someone's uncle, just stepped into the booth. He cracks me <laughs> up with with the. I was I was saying yesterday, how is it possible to have three accents at the same time? And then he just like he's got the smoker's cough and <laughs> he runs out of breath really fast. I actually by the end of the game was quite enjoying it. But um, you mean the you mean the Italian one or the, the no the the guy the color commentator the 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 guy I can't understand. It's a Greek slash Arabic slash Italian accent, which is so hilarious. Oh the, well, uh, I think the Italian guy. I think he. I think that Italian guy. He played in Scotland for years and years. So I think it's an Italian accent speaking like Scottish English. I think that's why it's weird. I think. year where he plays a lot towards the second half of the season and maybe Moretti should have been on loan this season maybe that's what we do with Enzo send him out on loan next year and kind of see what 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 happens from years to come um, as we are looking to reshape this midfield we don't know what's going to happen with Rabio and, and Pogba can't always stay healthy so so maybe Enzo um, has a bright future for sure um, when it comes to Sandro I think it would not hurt to have him as a backup um, I think one thing I did wish that we had was keeping um, Evra maybe a year longer to mentor Alexandro would have been nice. Um, so having Alexandro be able to mentor um, and, and stay within the program and in some sort of facet is going to be super important. Um, was there cool. a third question as well? No, there's no third question. I was just doing a little uh, reading on Barenechea. So, yeah. date of birth, May 22nd, 2001. He was born in 2001. Damn it. <laughs> 21 years old. Mm-hmm. Uh, Argentinian. He's a midfielder slash defensive midfield. His foot is left. He's, he's left-footed. Just, do we have many of those? I know it's... You don't have to answer that, but I was just wondering. Uh, we have a, <laughs> we have Dybala, a decent amount left. of those. <laughs> yeah. I mean, Rabio, I, I, Rabio is a left-footed center mid, but I mean, I think it's a, again, it's all context, right? So we, I mean, we've only seen one game of his, so it's hard to make a judgment on him now. But For in sure. context, we've got a million center midfielders right now. We've got the three on loan: Artur, Zachariah, and McKinney. We've got the three oh, young yeah. Italian kids: Fagioli, Moretti, and Rovella. Then we've got the three, what you'd consider to be the normal starters in um, Locatelli, Pogba, and Rabio. And then there's Paredes, who's 
in on loan and Brenna Che as well. So it's just, you know, we've, there's so many players. Two. You have Renokia. <laughs> you have Renokia at Monza as well. And then you have uh, Hans, uh, Nicolette Lucy. Uh, as well yeah. that all could have some sort of we we can feel a team just of midfielders right <laughs> yeah and and so you know a lot of it is you know will he be good enough to to carve out space or will he be used as a bargaining chip uh in a swap deal that will get us another 20 point penalty 10 years from now so there's a, a lot to a lot to predict um i i think that um, you know, if it were me, we would have sold Rabio and we could have cashed out. We would have loaned out Moretti, would have not brought in Paredes. Um, and so there's, I think there's some, some maneuvering we could do. Um, but ultimately, the question for me is, is, has he been in the youth system long enough to count as club trained? Uh, because ultimately, you have to have a certain amount of club trained players to register. And so I think that also weighs heavily in deciding which ones of the young players to keep for a season. And I don't know if he's been with us long enough. Whereas even if Fagioli, Moretti, no, Moretti's from Turin, but even if Ravella and Fagioli haven't been with Juve long enough, they're definitely trained in Italy uh, as far as the, the registration rules go. But so they make it priority. We, before we move on to the to the actual game against Torino, I just realized we're all wearing the old crests. If you guys are on YouTube, check it out. Uh, yeah, I mean, that's, that's a great crest. Well, I mean, well, look, well, look at Lucas, he's draped in it. He's got a hat. Shirt, flag. Yeah, yeah. But I, I think... Awesome. Let's go ahead. I was just going to say quickly, Weston, uh, Fajoli was in that team 2018-2019 Copa Syria, or um, Syriachi um, Copa winners. So I think Fajoli's been around long enough that he could be counted in that um, discussion along with Moises as well, yeah. That's good. Yeah, that's really important. I mean, that's why we keep Pinsolio around. First and foremost, <laughs> obviously we keep him around because he's a motivator. He loves the team, etc. Uh, but you know, there's rumors that Ronaldo is trying to keep him to, to grab him to come out to, to his club because they were such good friends, and uh, that would be awful because then we'd have to replace a club trained spot. Uh, but as far as the old crest goes, I got this above me, it has oh, the autographs yeah. on it, um, and the reason why I wear this jersey. Have I told you the story behind this jersey? Please go ahead. Can, can you guess who's on the back of this shirt? I, I just saw it, so I can't yeah, really we say it. Saw it. Oh, because I got up. It's Trezeguet, and the reason why I have Trezeguet on this shirt is because the first goal he's awesome. of Juve. Well, yeah, obviously, I've got his autograph shirt there. Nice. Um, but the uh, the the first Juve goal I can remember seeing on TV was Trezeguet wearing this shirt in the derby against Torino, scoring in the ninety-something minute, uh, and he ripped off his shirt and he held it up. And uh, that was the first time I ever saw Juve on TV, as far as I can recall. And I was probably like 11 or 12. And um, that was such a special moment for me because at the time, you know, I got into following the sport because I watched the World Cup in 2006. So I, the only thing I could see on TV after that was Milan winning the Champions League. Uh, but Juve winning that game after 0-0 for 90 minutes and him holding up his shirt was so exciting that I, I, I really definitely cemented my love for Juve that day. And it wasn't until I looked online a little bit later, grew up a little bit, that I realized, oh, that was a rivalry game. Oh, that was the first time we played them mm -hmm. since we got promoted. Oh, that was this, that was that. Um, and so for me, it was a very formative moment. Uh, I found this shirt and his name set and the patch separately and put them on and created this shirt specifically for that. And I wear this shirt every time we play Torino for that reason. I love it. I love it. Yeah, you're a big collector as far as I know. Uh, you got your nice Ronaldo in the background there. How did you get his autograph, dude? <laughs> 
pretty awesome. That that was a gift. Um, everything that I have signed, I, I got signed myself, except for these two things: the um, Del Piero, uh, the Del Piero picture and the Ronaldo jersey. Those were gifts. Because um, nice. I, I got a I got a friend out in Italy who um, is doesn't like soccer at all, but is uh, mildly connected. Uh, which is kind of an amusing combination. So whenever he gets mm -hmm. something, he's, he's like, I don't really care about this. I'll give it to you. <laughs> That's awesome. I got, so got, I got this there. signed. I got the official Turin Giants merchandise signed by, by Chiellini, which is wow. a pretty cool little souvenir. All right, boys, we got to get to the, got to get to the point. <laughs> Big game. Obviously, every point counts right now, especially, uh, you know, our rivals are dying to take some points off of us um going down in the second minute not fun but i saw that comment and i and i and i thought the same thing um that was a blessing in disguise going down so quickly right um i'm pretty sure everybody thought oh well at least now allegri doesn't have his own scheme to uh to fall back on and we're gonna have to go back and defend i mean i'll go back and trying to get the the goal back. I mean, scoring in second minute, I don't know the statistics on it, but I'm pretty sure it's not a guarantee that a game will end. There's nothing worse than... I love football. I love everything about it. But watching games where the goal was scored within the first three minutes and that ended up being the only goal, nothing worse than that, right? Well, that was the first sucked. time this season that we went down first and came back and won. And, you know, like you said, it's the sort of Allegri move to score first and sit back and then get scored on as, as compared to, to Conte, who famously wouldn't score the whole first half and then would scream in the locker room at halftime and then come back and win the second half. Uh, very different styles. But, you know, coming back from being down twice, that reminded me of, of the first Conte year where we drew Napoli 3-3. We went down two, three times and fought back every time. And I think... That was the sort of fight that we haven't seen lately. And there's two reasons for that. One is because, as we discussed, morale is a bit down. Um, but secondly, I mean... I don't think we, so. Do you think the morale is down? I think I think everyone's handling it, it so, so it, well. It, it was. And everybody was. It was. Uh, maybe not anymore, but it had been, right? I mean, there had been yeah. some games where we looked so listless and unmotivated against Monza, etc. But I yeah. think also, you know, we hadn't been in the situation where we went down and had to come back in that way. Uh, in, in, in most games, uh, either we went up first and then we lost the lead or we were playing a, a less important game and got scored on and just didn't seem to care enough to come back. And so it was, it was really exciting to see that fight. Um, and, and I hope that they find a way to harness that and, and, and use it in a way that doesn't require us to get scored on in two minutes against a crosstown rival to, to see it again. <laughs> yeah. What did you think of the game, Lucas, before we get into the specifics? It was great. I think this was the first time I've went to bed thinking about Juve with a big smile on my face, <laughs> having a hard time. How dare you? On this sleep. podcast, we go to bed. <laughs> we go to bed thinking uh, about Juve all the time. It, but I know you what know, you mean. I I want to be able to sleep at night, so I try to turn it off. But last night, I was like, I'm gonna I'm gonna wake up tired because I'm I'm replaying all of these great moments. I'm rewatching the clips. I'm. I, it was it was fantastic. It was uh, my heart was was pounding to see it in Pogba and and uh, Chiesa and some of those players and Allegri and just it was like old times again for some reason like this this magic yeah. that I haven't seen in in a while and to be a part of it and to see it all it was 
yeah, I was smiling yeah, from good, ear to ear in bed. Good support at the stadium. Um, everything was. I mean, I wish the stadium was sold out, but I also understand it. Wasn't it? it was what was it yesterday? Yeah, mi- midweek games are tough, um, especially late ones. That was a pretty late game for a for a midweek game. Uh, atmosphere is great. Our, our our friend Kevin, who is who is on YouTube with us, he was at the stadium. I don't know if you. I probably don't know about Kevin. I should pro- should probably tell you guys about him. He's a really nice guy. He's an American American guy who moved with his fiance to um, to Turin. He has a season ticket. He does our uh, halftime reports live from the stadium, post game. It was pretty fun. He said that the atmosphere was truly, truly electric when he took off his his uh, his jacket to to, uh, to warm up. And I can imagine that kind of added to to the magic of the game. And you could see when Chiesa came out, when Pogba came out, that this was the dagger. You know, this was the quality over Torino that we needed to. To kill that first, sorry, to kill the that that first minute goal and um, yeah, it was a great game. What did you what did you think about Weston? Anything? I mean, talk out, talk about morale. I, imagine being Torino and seeing Chiesa and and yeah, Pogba right? coming on and Deshilio. I mean, that's crazy, right? So <laughs> that's uh, that that probably that did a lot to kill the game in and of itself. But I, my first reaction after being emotional about about Pogba returning. Uh, was thinking, wow, it took us eight months to get Chiesa, Vlaovic, Pogba, mm-hmm. and Di Maria all on the field at the same time. And then I realized it still didn't happen because Di Maria came off for Chiesa. So <laughs> yeah. we're, we're eight months into the season and we still haven't gotten those players all on the field at the same time. Um, and it is a shame that, you know, in another universe, everybody was fit and uh, we didn't get the point penalty and, and we had a really exciting title race between Napoli and Juve right now. Uh, but aside wow. from that, yeah, I mean, Pogba, Pogba obviously being super rusty, we saw some glimpses of his talent. Uh, not He didn't really have anything to do with it, but two, less than two minutes after he and Chiesa came on, uh, we scored Chiesa with, with the assist. And uh, I just think of, you know, one of my enduring memories of the first time I saw Juve in person at Juventus Stadium. We beat Roma. It was, the, it was winter and I was up in the cheap seats way at the top. And I remember, you know, one of my main takeaways was, wow, like... <laughs> this, this, this was the music playing when, when Pogba was warming up for me. <laughs> we, we were watching with Lucas and the guys and that, that moment where he started. Because, listen, man, from the second he left to United, that was my guy. Pogba was my, was my dream, and a lot, I know a lot of people are buzzing over his return. Uh, yeah, just I just hope he stays fit, man. That's my that's my main issue with him. But, but yeah, like like I was saying, the, the first time I saw him, I remember thinking, even from really high up, like you could tell the quality was different with him. <laughs> I just want to see how how high your voice will get before you realize. <laughs> but yeah, sorry about that. But Pog back, yeah, wow. Pog back, yeah, baby. I can't stop I mean, I, smiling. The, yeah, that video I retweeted, they got uh, like 50 retweets right now on, on, on Twitter. Yeah, big comeback. Um, wanted to mention a few players. Di Maria, man, the X Factor, the, the, the touch that he brings, and not just the physical touch, but things that, you know, you see the world, qual- the, the world standard right away. Every touch, every dribble, players are kind of like 
spread around uh, around him don't know what to expect and that's like i said if he stays fit and pogba and then the creativity that that that, that the guys will bring um also vlaovic seems to seems to like it because we haven't seen much from him recently i feel like bringing in that that wave of new players around him is going to it's going to help him out a lot he hasn't exactly been scoring bangers recently right no but milik's been out too and i think when yep. you don't have somebody who's older kind of right under you lighting that fire that when you have a goalless drought, I'm going to start over you. I think um, that's huge mm-hmm. too. But Pogba didn't do much, like Weston said. But there was a lot of moments where he was double teamed um, when he didn't get the ball. And I think it opened up some outlets um, on the right side when he was kind of double teamed on the left. I think uh, that's something to point out too. When, when teams fear a player, um, it, it, they get distracted by other areas from other players mm-hmm. that are also out there. Um, so it allows someone like maybe a Dechilio or, or Fajoli, someone that they're not looking at as much to also do something creative and start to grow and shine. Well, yeah. the thing about Pogba is he's, he's a luxury player. He's a player who makes a good team great. He's not a player who makes a bad team good. He's going to take really, really risky passes that if he's got talented players around him are going to score. But sometimes there's going to be mistakes as well. I mean, we remember him um, playing for... Uh, the first Juve team he was in, he had Vidal alongside him, and that's why he was really able to shine. For France, he has he had Conte alongside him, and that's why he was really able to shine. Uh, at Manchester United, he struggled because he didn't have someone like that alongside him. Um, just kind of ironic they got rid of him the season they got Casemiro, because him and Casemiro could have been a really strong duo. And so I think mm-hmm. with Juve, we do need to think about how, uh, A, we can protect him and clean up his messes and l- allow him to just thrive and take risks, and, and B, also, like you mentioned, if he's getting double teamed and he's getting the attention, how can we exploit that so that the other players around him benefit from the space that's created? And so I think that's, that's one of the reasons why I suspect uh, Zachariah might come back. Uh, because Zachariah as a bit of a destroyer. McKinney and Zachariah are two destroyer-type midfielders, and I think we need one of them uh, to play alongside Pogba at times to really mm-hmm. unlock the sort of maximum potential there. Yeah, Pogba does need that that pit bull next to him, and he can do the creative things with, you know, whatever he does with his, with his feet. Uh, you're right. Pogba's not going to go out there and and do slide tackles and run into players getting the ball back. But from what I saw, it was it was just I don't think we expected much from him the first game, which with 15 minutes to go in the game when he came on, it was just a good it was just good to see him, and. The fact that he's got the support of the fans, even after being being away so long, you know, there's of course negative comments that you see, but most of the comments for Pogba, comparing to his life in in United in in Manchester, uh, he's got to be feeling good about. And you know, he did post a, a status afterward after the game, saying it was all smiles. It was great to be back. Thank you for your support. Um, reading some. Ratings here from whoscored.com. Kostic had a great game, 7.5 they gave him. Uh, Rabiot with a goal, 7.4. Di Maria, 7.5. Vlaovic, under 7. Uh, Chesney, yeah, Chesney's like 6.4. I don't know what he was doing with a couple of couple of mistakes that he made. Quadrado, goal, gets a, yeah. uh, Quadrado got a great 
Um, uh, great rating. Uh, on the opposite side, Caramo Cara- uh, Torino's got eight out of ten, and yeah, everybody was clowning the the keeper. He's got a he's got a bad rating here, but yeah, it's pretty much as far as the ratings go. Uh, the possession was the possession was fifty eight percent for Torino, which is. Yeah, yeah we had like less that. possession. I think we had less passes. We had, I think we had less, most of everything. I think we ran a little yeah. bit more. Um, but also, I mean, it's so funny how the ratings were. I mean, poor Kostic, he really had three assists, if you think about it. But he only mm-hmm. got credited with one, because Bremer touched right before Rabio scored, etc. But, I mean, the, just the amount of service that he puts into the box is just crazy. So let's read a couple of comments here. Uh, Saladin, he just uh, replied on our to our post um it's a it's a it's a big one so let's see i think it's time for it's time juve cleans house and gets rid of everyone with one year contract left except di maria of course isn't it time for juve to rely on youngsters to carry the team and grow alongside pogba locatelli chiesa and bremer as the backbone of the team uh yeah we, we 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 talked a lot about this i feel like we've covered that right anything yeah, to add I, to that I, I, I think sometimes people get a little gung-ho. I mean, we, we need to keep a balance, right? You, you need to have the experienced players alongside those young players. Um, you think about Marquisio and Givinko, they had Del Piero, Nedved, Camerinesi, Buffon, right? They, you, you need to have those, those locker room presences. And um, it's, you know, say what you will about Bonucci, but the club clearly took a hit when we lost uh, Pirlo, we lost Buffon, we lost uh, Chiellini, and uh, you know Danilo is has stepped up into that void a little bit, but he's he's he can't single-handedly replicate you know the power of of those three outgoing yeah. leaders that we had. So, uh, Lucas, do you do you know if anyone you know you read the rumors and stuff like that? Uh, center back, clearly center back position. Um, Bremer needs a little help. He's world class. I mean. Speaking of Bremer, the fact that I mentioned that yesterday as well, the fact that we have a center back who can score, that's that's just something that's irreplaceable. Just look at Ramos. Mm-hmm. Uh, obviously, he, you know, I don't know what Ramos's goal scoring record is. He's one of the greatest center backs to play. Uh, but having that 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 danger of center back pre- being present during a corner, you know, it's. It's sh- pants shitting time for the defense, right? Do you hear anything of anyone being available? Uh, what's Gatti's situation right now? Do you know? Do you guys know? Gatti's young, and I think he's just still getting used to Serie A. I mean, he did so well in Serie A B, and I think he just needs to. Um, I mean, look at Rugani. Uh, same situation. <laughs> he's, he, he's 24. You know, Rugani wasn't getting minutes at 24. Gatti's 24. And I think Gatti plays a similar role to Bremer. So because of that, mm-hmm. I think he's just been kind of shadowed and, and sidelined a little bit. Uh, but we definitely need someone. Uh, are you sh- are you shy I, about your dog barking? Somebody's right outside. Oh, yeah. We're it's all good, dude. We, we, we have dogs barking on this place, uh, on this podcast constantly. It's all good. We welcome, we welcome you at doggies here. Um, yeah, right thank you for that. <laughs> It's all, do you want to go get it, man? I'll, I'll pause you. Yeah, yeah. Give me a second. Yeah, my boy's getting robbed. All right, we'll 
<laughs> yeah, I mean, I think I think uh, Gatsy might be disappointing in training or something because we've seen less mm. of him than I thought we would. Uh, you know, the fact that we're using two fullbacks as center backs over a center back that doesn't really bode well for for his ability. Um, and then also, you know, Rugani, of course, is always going to be fourth choice, um, but he's Italian, so Nation Train doesn't complain. You know, he's always. Uh, worth keeping around for that reason, if if for no other reason. But yeah, I, I still go back to to wishing we had picked up Milenkovic on the cheap, uh, very cheap release clause that he had, but no longer has. I feel like that's a mm-hmm. missed opportunity. And and ultimately, I mean, in my opinion, Scalvini is going to be the next great Italian center back. Uh, I think he has the most potential. Uh, and so ultimately, as Juventus, we should be trying to make a move to sign the next great Italian center back. Uh, of For course, sure. with the power Atalanta has now, the leverage that they have now, you know, that's not going to be easy if it's possible at all. Um, but I, I, I do wonder, you know, at what point do we say, okay, Atalanta, here's, you know, uh, a Baranachea or a Sule or a Rovella or some other bargaining chip. You know, again, we don't we don't have room for all four or five center midfielders we have. You know, yeah. so maybe we. Send you you them. keep mentioning players as bargaining chips. I understand that, but I don't like it. You know what I mean? Like we 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 we're, we're making these plans for the youngsters, but you know, some of them will be gone to EPL. Right. Or you never. You, it's just so funny because you never know in six months who will be mm-hmm. on your on your team and everything. Okay, there, man. <laughs> Lucas is back. <laughs> there was like a, a girl outside like our back door and I have like really? all of my windows open because it's beautiful and sunny and she's they're doing like electrical work after the ice storms we've had and my dogs are just going crazy like they want to go play with her Damn, and sounds they recognize like, sounds her like we're in a, it's like an adult movie waiting to happen dude I'm here to fix your transformer that's what she's doing they're just like <laughs> Lucas, don't don't risk it, Lucas. Don't risk uh-uh. it. You got a nice woman at home, man. I, I do, I do. Unless that's her. Unless her, your fiance is an electrician. No, no. He's <laughs> right out the door. No. Uh, we were just talking about. We're, we kind of continued the 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 theme of the center backs and the youngsters, but I feel like we should mention more about the game, about the game flow. Um, Lucas, can you give us a couple minutes of just breaking down what you thought of? The formation, how we approached it, the you know, give us give us a little technical. I'm I'm not smart enough for that, so that's why br- we brought you on to talk about the 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 aspect of the game, like the formation yeah, so and how it worked. We ran a very similar formation to uh, with the back three, uh, and then we had Enzo uh, right above that back three uh, in that CDM role, and he was just kind of instructed to just make simple passes, keep things simple, like nobody's really man-marking you. You don't need to man-mark anybody. Just kind of be in a free role. So that was really smart by uh, Allegri to kind of take the pressure off of uh, off of him. Uh, we had our wing backs, uh, Kostik, and uh, we had Quadrado as well. Uh, and at the beginning of the game, obviously, we were down very early on. So um, we tried to get ourselves back in uh, by playing some back passes and then trying to see if Torino would bite. Uh, it was not happening. So what we ended up doing is just giving the ball to Gostik a lot as he was ripping apart that uh, that side of the field against uh, Singho. Uh, a, a wing back, right wing back that we're actually been scouting for a while now. So we just kept facilitating the ball down to that left side. And at one point I um, 
I, I made a comment about how I wish we can try to get the ball to Quadrado as well because Allegri seems to kind of focus on one side, keep attacking it, keep attacking it, uh, and maybe a little bit too long. Uh, so I was happy when they started sending it to the right because what Torino started doing was kind of overloading that right, uh, their right side to double and uh, kind of fill in the middle a little bit. Um, but if you guys noticed, uh, we talked about it a lot yesterday, how slippery the middle of the field was. A lot of our players were slipping. Um, and we started to see when Di Maria would drop back, he would avoid uh, the middle part of the field as well and kind of drop back into uh, the space of like a right wing back. And it would force Fajoli a little bit higher up and, and Quadrado up higher. But we kept going wide and they kept going wide, which at times was very boring because, like I said, everybody was avoiding the middle of the field. Um, but once we started to um, get some goals, a lot of things changed. Torino was forced to have to step forward um, and then also have to press, which is not their play style and not their game. And because of that, we are able to start gaining possession, start pressing higher, and then they started to look shaky. Um, Pogba came on, uh, replaced Enzo, and played a very similar role of just a free roll. And um, just kind of was out there. Don't do anything, you know, too crazy. Keep it simple, just like Enzo. So it worked out really well. Um, but a very tactical game the first 25 minutes. And then things really opened mm -hmm. up in that last 25. Yeah. Yeah, it was actually really fun to watch the second half. And here's, um, here's a tweet that I found interesting. It got a lot of traction. This guy actually follows. We, we follow each other on Instagram. Enrico underscore Juventus. So, listen. Allegri is such a polarizing topic and speaking of speaking of um accounts that dedicate themselves solely to trashing a person uh he's he's a hashtag allegri out as it's a little quiet today but so basically long story short Enrico writes that uh what allegri m was able to uh, to do today is he kept Pogba Fagioli together on the field and feel free to chime in This is sort of like food for thought uh, He put Barenche over Paredes, which was a ballsy move paid out right paid off uh, uh, Put Pogba and Chiesa together The team scored four goals, which is I don't remember the last time I did that to be honest And uh, he literally did everything people say he doesn't do so give him his credit. I think we should allow teams to score in the first minute against us just stand <laughs> let them roll it in and then we we go i feel like that's a if i was a coach that would be my strategy i mean i think it's clear that we've got the attacking talent where we should be scoring four goals a game i don't think that's crazy when yeah. you've got chiesa di maria vlaovic etc on the team i think it's the defense that uh despite the long stretches of clean sheets they've gotten uh still needs some work um you know alexandro at the left center back is is not Chiellini, you know. I, I think Danilo at right center back is not Bartali, um, and and Benucci is not Benucci anymore. Though obviously Bremer is a pretty solid replacement. Um, and so I think you know if we were able to to shore up the defense a lot, once the 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 front line is fit, you know we'll be we'll be cooking for sure. And I think that's reflected in how this is one of the most open derbies I've ever seen. Um, but in in terms of conceding goals, to, to that point, something I noticed is. We are conceding a lot of goals in big games, not necessarily against bigger teams, which you'd expect would have more 
uh, ability to score against us, but in big games, right? So, you know, the derby against Torino, for example, uh, Allegri's record against big clubs, including Atalanta and the top four, et cetera, has been abysmal. I think we've won like one out of like 10 something fixtures he's played against big teams since taking over. So I wonder psychologically, you know, why we're getting eight, nine clean sheets in a row against mid-table clubs. Uh, but then, you know, against Napoli, then we, we shipped four, right? Which, which was five. horrendous. Five, yeah, it was five, which was, I, can't, I guess I blocked it out. For, I blacked out after four. <laughs> you four, stopped yeah, watching all, it. We all um, did. <laughs> so, yeah, I, I wonder why that happens. Uh, and, and it's interesting uh, to, that we drew Freiburg in Europa League because they are similar. They haven't lost at home since, like, October or August or something in the fall. Uh, but when they do lose, they lose by, like, four goals. Uh, and so it'll be interesting uh, to see that matchup with two teams that seem to be very, very sturdy until they're not. And, and what can we do to kind of stop that dam from breaking uh, psychologically? I don't know. But it's just an interesting pattern I've noticed. Uh, thank you. Thank you. We'll, we'll go back to talking about the game. And thank you both for, mm -hmm. obviously, a uh, pretty good breakdown. We're going to take a look at the schedule. Roma, we're playing away at Roma Sunday, March 5th. And then... March 9th, it's uh, Freiburg. By the way, speaking of YouTube, the boys just did a sh uh, Dash just did a sh video on Freiburg. So if you uh, if you don't know much, this is a good preparation. It, the video is still there until March 9th, so I urge you to go on YouTube to check us out in general, and I'll start contributing more. As you can see, like I have a little setup here ready to go. Um, so March 9th, that's it, and then March 12th, Sunday, we play against Sampdoria. And then the return leg, um, we go to Germany on March 16th. That's a big stretch. That's an important stretch of games for Juve right now. Yeah, hopefully we it's can a, win at home. <laughs> it's, it has time. It's a great time to get all of our players back from injury. Yeah. And they're saying Moretti and Milik are coming back very soon as well, if not by the next game. That's very important because... This is where we should be playing our best soccer. Allegri says it all the time. It's in March, you know, so yeah. this this could be a huge pivotal month that we can make a huge push uh, in Syria and also show that we're there to compete in the Europa League. So speaking of Roma, is since Mourinho got the red card, he won't be able to, uh, he won't be at the sidelines? Is that, He's is that for two games. Two games. Oh, dude. Yeah, he's already started. He already started the Apology World Tour. He he already does the Excuse World Tour 2023. He was just talking about Juve and like, why? <laughs> what did we do? You got you got yourself sent off. It's so funny how uh, he plays the media like that. But here we're here for it. I feel like Mourinho coming back to Serie A was a was a good thing. I'm not gonna lie. I'm not a big fan of the guy, but uh, it was fun. So. If we want to go back to talking about the game itself, uh, any, I mean, Bremer, Bremer got the highest, obviously when you do anything, when you do anything like that, if you're a center back, if you score and you, you noticed how when the player that comes to your team celebrates against his older team, it doesn't really affect you, but I'd be, I'd be pissed if I was Torino. And like I said on yesterday's yeah. live, it's not like he is, he was with the team for years and years. I don't think he's, uh, he was there for a while. He had like a hundred yeah. apps or something, right? 
I think. Oh man. Right. Yeah, yeah, I was a little surprised there. You know, a little a little controversy. When we go back and play play against them, I'm sure he's gonna be he's gonna be greeted with with a booze. Uh, anything else you guys want to uh, you guys want to mention? Because I think we're pretty good. We touched on many many um, many items. Thank you guys for coming back and listening to us. I know it's been a it's been a few weeks. We missed the Nant game. Just 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 life. That's why we're trying to bring on more people so we don't have to miss the miss the episodes. And you know, thank you for Weston for. Um, taking the time by the way i just got a page uh page i just got a that's what you get when you work at the hospital you still get pages uh i just got a text <laughs> from sam and our boys got a food poisoning which is always fun oh. uh he's he said i drank raw eggs in the morning like a douche so, <laughs> yeah that'll do it dude big time he's like i've been i've thrown up so much i've been drive heaving and he's 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 he feels terrible he's he's very sorry shout outs to him i was looking forward to catching up with him it's been a while uh check him out uh at calcio podcast on twitter he's also moved to youtube so he's he's trying to do a long form podcast and he talks about uh some italian football but he does a lot of observational humor and all that he's a um he's he's fun time he's he's fun hour to kill uh shout out to sam weston can you give us your twitter handle so people can can follow you yeah uh, weston pagano because it's right there never had a youtube channel never get to point and say link below that's right here um just my name nothing fancy gotcha lucas people want to follow you you got like 40 something followers yeah anymore come uh come uh <laughs> communicate with me uh, i like talking to people about uve you can follow me at Keltra merchant um not biased we could talk about anything about syria uh but i'm not gonna praise inter promise <laughs> anything yeah. like that but just yeah it's fun to have a community um like i That's said awesome. listen to to Rain giants when i was young but that was all we had you know like it, there's not a lot of uve fans in america that you know, it's nice to have like that family aspect and communicate and not feel alone in some of this stuff. So join us on the watch alongs on YouTube, communicate with us on Twitter. Uh, yeah. let's, let's not feel alone in this, uh, this great journey that we have with this team and love. Love it. Love it. Yeah. I, I mm-hmm. love the, the, the group of guys that we have now. Uh, Zachy, who has the coolest nicknames, Zachy Stugatz. He's uh he's preparing some videos, which are you know we do pre games and 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 watch alongs and all that is fine. But what I wanted to do is create content for that that we, that can last for a long time. You know stuff that doesn't doesn't expire. Like you know if you're obviously not going to watch a post game uh, two three months from now. But I do want to create a community of creators that uh, that can that can do interesting videos that that are not time sensitive. If that's if that makes sense. So have to, if you have you host a, you should host a debate on the Super League, and then that'll get linked to every hour for the next ten years <sighs> until this ever yeah, right. happens that's, or doesn't happen. That's gonna haunt. That's gonna haunt us for a long time. But uh, <laughs> yeah, Lucas, welcome officially to the to the channel to the podcast. We'll use you as a as a uh, as a joker. You know, you'll you'll be present everywhere. I know you're still a little bit shy, but you know we're working <laughs> on it. He's uh, he's. He's opening up a little bit. Uh, lovely to have everyone. Dave, Dave and Dash, those dudes are, you know, banging those videos out like crazy. And it's 
really informative, really positive, fun time, and I love having all of you guys on the channel. Obviously, I'm I'm not able to do it a lot, so it's it's really nice to have a to have you guys as as a, as I don't want to say backups, but you guys are good uh, replacements. Um, we're the Fajoli and Moretti's, you know. We're the, the yeah, new, right. We're the next yeah, gen. I mean, uh, <laughs> when 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 Sam started, I I called him a lonely, but then he became a little more. <laughs> Uh, uh, he 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 was promoted for sure, boys. I I wish we we can have you guys on more often. Western yeah, no, Lewis. I enjoyed it. Sounds good. Thanks Thank for having you. us again. Thank you, boys. Yeah. Um, like I said, you know, you guys can follow us on Twitter. I'm trying to trying to maximize myself here. Uh, follow us on Twitter at Juve Podcast at Turin Giants TurinGiants.com at Turin Giants on instagram and i forgot to you know you have to have a tiktok page it's i've been i was watching tiktok and i'm like this person has two million followers what they do it's literally the weirder you can get the more followers you it man shit that i saw i was like i'm just posting my stuff on here so we post uh the shorts and the and, the, and i and i want to do more with tiktok so if you can if you can follow us there at at touring giants uh, we've got some fun content coming up. Uh, I've said enough. Thank you, everyone. Congratulations on the win. Uh, Weston, Lucas, everybody who's listening, thank you, guys. Check on your friends. Stay hydrated. And Forza Juve. Thank you, everyone. Forza Juve. Forza Juve.